Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Schrod, and this is episode 79. In this episode, I will be interviewing Jeremy Smith, a former West Side lifter. Here are some of his records. All-time world records. Squat equipped, he hit 700 pounds at 123, lightest ever squat 700. And raw, he squatted 635 at 132. Bench equipped, he did 500 at 123, lightest ever bench 500. And then he also did 505 at 132. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's get clean. Yeah, I can hear you, but I can't see you. Hold on. Access. Be good. There we go. Sweet. Yes, sir. What's up, man? How are you? Good, brother. How you feeling? I'm doing good. Doing good. What you up to on this Sunday? I just got done training. Remember Ethan, right? Ethan Pellucci when he was there. Skinny oh guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was training with him this morning at a different gym and uh just doing accessories and then go to go watch the birds here in a minute. So that's yeah, no. <laughs> where where are you guys at? Where are you guys are you guys still in Ohio? Where are you guys living? I'm living still in Columbus. Uh Ethan's okay. from here. So he has family here, but I chose to live here in Columbus and just chill out here for time being. It was dope. I mean, I only been the one time, but it's a pretty, like, I thought it was going to be a shithole. And then it's like, all right, it's not just like how it is in the documentary or the tapes. Like, it's, it's, it's not that bad now. It's actually pretty much. It's, it's up and coming, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, when I first came out here, it was a little rough, but with all the big intel and Facebook and those things coming, yeah. the industry's booming over here. So it's, it's works doing good. They're bringing a lot of different people from different areas of the country in. So it's, it's growing. So um, just start off by telling everybody who you are and what you do. All right. My name is Jeremy Smith, um, 25 years old, uh, former West Side powerlifter. Uh, right now, I am a sheet metal construction worker. Um, on the side, I box for Barstool Sports, rough and rowdy. I'm currently 6-0, and 7-0, 6-0. Um, hopefully get back in the ring here shortly. Um, but other than that, like I hold a couple all-time world records in the sport of powerlifting. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get started um, with powerlifting? Like, how was that journey going into that? Did you play sports growing up before that? Yeah, so I went uh, and wrestled through kindergarten to 12th grade. Um, okay. And, you know, coming in my senior year of 12th grade, it takes somebody like you can see the kids that would go on to that next level and collegiate athletes and wrestling, especially. And those who are just be like, all right, this is where, this is where it's going to end. And for mm-hmm. me, the gap between high school and collegiate wrestling was just freaking astronomical. Even if, like, <laughs> take, take my size out of it. Like the dudes who are wrestling collegially D1, D2, they're freaks of fucking nature. Like Spencer Lee, mm-hmm. um, cause growing up in PA, I was a couple years older than Spencer Lee, but watching him in the state tournament, you're like, dude, that's not even a kid. That's like, that's like, <laughs> that's like a grown man fucking doing that shit. So uh, senior high school kind of fell in love with lifting weights. Um, I was able to get a varsity spot and having that varsity spot uh, took the most of it I could um, and decided I should probably put some mass on and, build up some strength if I was going to be the starting 106 pound uh, starter for them. And ever since then, I just 
you know, wrestling stopped, but lifting weights really hasn't. So. And then how, where were you, how did you go from PA to Columbus? Um, so competitively, I really didn't compete in my first powerlifting meet until probably three or four years after starting to train really. Um, mm -hmm. And that's more or less just because I didn't, I'm an old soul in a way. And I believe that, you know, I didn't want a participation trophy. And for right. me, looking who I was, um, I didn't want that associated with my name. So I did my first powerlifting meet in 2018 over at Dana Lynn Bailey's place in Reading, okay. Pennsylvania. And then, um, you know, I've been reading Louis' books. I've read all that kind of good stuff. And I got one of their t-shirts one day. And, you know, I took a video of me squatting. I think it was 551 at Westchester University's rec center. And I posted it up on there. And, you know, any, like, like any person does with social media, you go to thirst trap it. You go to <laughs> hashtag Westside. And, you know, <laughs> sure. and uh, I believe it was April 30th, my birthday that year. Uh, they messaged me through a DM and they were like, hey, man, you're more than welcome to come out and train with us anytime. I'm like, man, like there's so many scam accounts. Like this ain't real. So I clicked right, on right, right, right. Sure enough, um, it was real. And then my next thought was, well, I never really saw any like smaller lifters ever at Westside in their tapes, right. like in any of that stuff. So I'm like, is this, and for me, I'm one of those type of people who like, I don't want you to feel pity for me. Let me, mm -hmm. let me show you what I can do. And then base your judgment on that. So right. in my mind, I'm like, Are these motherfuckers like, Shit, like, do you feel bad for me? Like, oh, let's just <laughs> drink the board. Like, I'm like, whatever. So, you know, I took the opportunity, um, not knowing what their end goal was for me to be out there. If it was just to, you know, have me out there and let me see the gym, I'm blessed to be there. You know, mm -hmm. if they wanted to take me under their wing, like Lou take me under their wing and, you know, make me better as a power lifter then that was going to be the case. And so, so when I first went out there, um, Memorial Day weekend of 2019, um, that was, at first, was my expectation of, all right, these guys are just, you know, because he made me squat with the girls. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what? I'm like, you make me squat with the chicks? And then I pretty much showed up at 5 a.m. I'm like, okay, now I see why I'm squat with the chicks. You know, you got Heidi <laughs> Howard. And you got like Melissa Stevens, Sinead Corley, like their thighs and quads are fucking ginormous. Like there's a reason mm -hmm. why. I'm it. So I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and we're doing our sets of fives and, you know, halfway through, he's like, so like, what do you plan on doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you plan on coming back? I'm like, you want me back? He's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So like there, um, our five by five kind of went out the window and it was more or less a test to see how much I could handle at the beginning point and see what Lou was going to work with. Um, and then after that day, he's like, yeah, man, you're more than welcome to come back. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, cool. So that's how I more or less came to West Side. And then how was, like, like how did you get to, like, actually, like, moving there? Like, what did you start doing for work? Like, what were you doing in PA? And then you were like, all right, well, I got to up and move. Like, were you living out of the car? Did you get the apartment? How did it go? So, so it's kind of like a weird story, dude. Like, it's, I'm surprised I'm here, but you know, I trained at Westside for 
all the summer of 2019. So I did my little tryout 2019. And then, you know, I took this month gap of like, all right, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, like, I haven't really, I was still at the age where I never moved out of my house. I didn't know what it was living that far away from my parents. You know, I was still in college at the time. Um, so I think it was around like July 4th weekend. Uh, I'm like, hey, mom, you know, I'm not, I'll come back. I'll come back because there's school. Like I was still in college. I'll come back. Um, but I think I should go and try this out, like go out to Columbus for a month and a half, live there and, you know, train. And then ultimately at the end of that month and a half, uh, Lou had me in a competition over in Newark, uh, Ohio, Showtime Strengths Place. So I went out for a month and a half and, you know, I learned so much through that month and a half. And at the end of that month and a half, I was able to break a world record um, of 650 squat at 123 pounds body weight. Uh, but, you know, the big concern for my mom was, all right, where are you going to live? And, mm-hmm. Lou, you know, Lou, like, like he, it shit doesn't phase him. And I'm <laughs> like, hey, Lou, um, I'm cool to come out there, but like, there's some things I got to work out. He's like, sorry about that. I know this guy, like, he won't burn the house down, I don't think. Like, you should be all right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. I moved out there, not really ever meeting him, but I moved in with Wes McCormick for that summer. And that okay. was a little different because, like, if you know Wes, Wes is off the walls. Like, he's an awesome <laughs> dude. But he's off the walls. So for someone not ever, like, moving six and a half hours away from your family and living with yeah. Wes for, like, a month and a half, you're like, man, that's a cool. Oh, he's goofy as fuck. I love the guy. But uh, that was my summer there. And, uh, you know, at the end of that month and a half, I had to go home because I had college. Um, and Lou already signed me up for another meet in October. Mm-hmm. So I'm not technically training at Westside, but I'm still doing five by fives, uh, 12 by twos, all that dynamic work and my max effort work and make sure I'm changing it up at the rec center. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that. I went to do the meet in Knoxville, Tennessee, or Murfreesboro, Tennessee in October. Um, went back to school. Then winter break came around. Again, moved out with Wes for a month while winter break was happening. Trained out here. And then again, school started. So I was like, ah, I'm shit out of luck, whatever. Uh, can't train outside. And then all of a sudden, COVID happened. So I'm like, right, right. Yeah. Ooh. I'm like, first week, my mom's like, you don't know what's going on. Like, you can you can <laughs> Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm already in my head. I'm, the wheels are turning. I'm like, I don't know where I'm at. Like, I don't have to be a PA. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, you know, and she started bickering and bickering. And finally, I just, like, I started packing my shit. I'm like, I'm like listen, I don't know what's going to happen, but, like, I have an opportunity to move out here full-time earlier than I did last year and that's what I ended up doing so I moved out here during COVID living Mm -hmm. with um and then you know long story short ever since then I lived with Josh and Sinead I got my own apartment like the pieces just started to fall in line um but the way I came out here is very I don't think the norm for Westside 
Like I was mm-hmm. back and forth for about a good eight months. And then finally, thankfully, COVID happened. Not okay. I want to say thankfully, but like, right. <laughs> COVID happened and I was able to move out here full time. And then, um, still being in school, I dropped out of school. Lou told me to drop out. He was like, You don't need that bullshit. And it's true. Like, I learned more from Lou than I learned in the four years in exercise science. Yeah. I was trying to cut the degree from when Lou was like, That's bullshit. I'm like, Yeah, okay, true. <laughs> so that's how I moved out here. And then how many meets did you start doing in in 2020? Like how many were you doing a year? And then when did fighting kind of fall in into play in, in between then? So I know 2020, we got there. Um, there was no meets happening. Meets were getting canceled. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until, I want to say, july or august of that year there's this hush hush you know push pull over mm-hmm. in the the woods basically in this dude's barn <laughs> over in kachopton and um that's where we did our first meet but after that i believe i was doing like five or six meets a year for the time okay. i was here um it, it, would, it would constantly be you know either showtime strength over in new york uh, we would travel all the time down to Knoxville, Tennessee, Murfreesboro, uh, Nashville. Um, I don't know why we love Tennessee so much, but that's where we went. <laughs> uh, and then boxing came around because when I worked, because my job he, over here for a, a while was working at Westside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I helped handle emails for a minute, helped package orders for a minute, um, you know, just customer service kind of stuff. And one day, I don't know if you know Tom Barry, but yeah, I'm um, pretty good friends. And he scrolled upon two dwarfs fighting. And it was almost more or less like, bet you won't do that. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and we just started <laughs> shit talking. And push came to shove somehow. One of their fighters from Rough and Rowdy was like, I found the next opponent for our other midget or dwarf at the time to fight. And I'm like, bet, I'm down. And (laughs) they contacted me. And ever since then, you know, kind of had a little boxing thing on the side. So did Tom train you a little bit for that? Because I know he handles the fighters. No, um, Travis Clark was the one who handled boxing. Um, That's the one he has a lot of tattoos on his head. Yep, yep. So, right. yeah, okay. Yeah. So, former Bellator uh, fighter, also Rampage Jackson sparring partner. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, need to interview that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did, what was your, like, besides your actual, like, boxing training, like, did you guys do anything SPP wise in the gym, like, you know, boxing in the ATP or anything like that? Or did you kind of just train like your powerlifting and then just would spar? So honestly, I'm going to say this now because Lou's not here. He won't fucking ring my neck for it. But Travis and I were very careful of not overstepping a boundary of, you know, when I first came out here, it's for powerlifting. You know, and that's what my diehard love was. Um, So powerlifting always came first. I'd always, you know, every Monday, max effort, Wednesday, max effort, Friday, dynamic, Saturday, Um, the little workouts we would do. 
conditioning in the ATP, like pummeling, doing that kind of stuff, just stand in motion. Um, you would have me do uh, the three pound pink weights. You do 15 here, 15 here, and then 15 for your rear delts. Um, other conditioning, you know, just jogging, pulling sleds, stuff like that. But the majority of my strength work was done from powerlifting. Skew away from that because that's what my main objective was, was powerlifting, breaking world records. Right. So we would throw in little bits and pieces of specialty work for when we had the chance to do it. How many days a week were you doing actual going to the ring and everything like that on top of the four days? So Travis lived about an hour and a half east of here, um, more or less towards the West Virginia border. So he would make time to come up and we would train here at Westside, or we would go to Matt Brown's place and train on the mat there just to get my calves and, you know, my feet working used to a mat kind of setting. Um, but training in a ring, not so much. Um, we would hit mitts very often, uh, hit a heavy bag. And, you know, with that, we learned that timing the mitts for somebody who's like, trying to gauge where to hold them is totally different. For right. For someone who's average size compared to me, you know, Travis is standing up and he's like, he's backing up. And by the time he backs up, one of one of my like lefts is already out of range because he took too big of a step back. He has to get on his knee. Things like that. Um, would you guys do any like uh like the skier or the uh prowler or uh, war wagon stuff too for conditioning? So we would do like the war wagon again we didn't want to fatigue myself for monday or wednesday right. or friday or saturday because then lou would be pissed lou would be like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing it's like you can't hear the parallel so a majority of my strength work like we did the wheelbarrow when it was max effort low or dynamic okay. effort. and i would compete with ethan pellucci my training partner at the time for like a heavy max of how many times you can walk back and forth, how many times, never a timed kind of thing, but mm. I kind of mixed it in with that. So it wouldn't have any effect to the powerlifting side of my training. Cause I knew like if, if I started to do that fucking shit and loose all it, he would be like, what are, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you spaced out your fights? Um, so for, I believe Rough and Rowdy has, you know, every three months they'll have an event. Um, okay. The past event, they weren't able to find me an opponent. So I was I was fighting and doing meets literally back to back. When I did that 700-pound squat and 500-pound bench at 123, I believe, you know, I had a cut for that, and that was a really horrible cut. Like, it wasn't horrible, but it sucked. Um, mm -hmm. But I believe I had a fight two or three weeks after that. Like, again, <laughs> again, it's only a minute round fights, but still, it's like. How many one, rounds? Uh, three rounds. So it's not, it's okay. just a like tough man. Um, okay. But it, it was like, all right, you got a powerlifting competition. All right, then you got a boxing competition. Powerlifting, boxing, powerlifting, boxing. And it would go hand in hand. So. Um, now, as far as your, I remember. We were talking about this when I was actually there. 
the transition from going gear to raw, what changed, if, if anything, in your training? Um, understanding, you know, putting on a bench shirt, you're going to have to learn to relax, like relax in the shirt and let it come down to you and let it pull right. in a bit on the bench. Uh, wide stance squatting with your briefs and on a suit. Um, a suit, if you've never been in one, at first, it feels like you're going to die because mm -hmm. people are tightening the sides up on mine to the point where, like, I wanted it as tight as possible around, you know, my trunk. So, it, you know, keeps spine intact and everything like that. Um, but it was, it, uh, it's hard to say because it's going to vary from person to person, but squatting and brief squatting in a suit is totally different from squatting and raw you just have to get used to it over time um mm -hmm. same benching in a shirt again like i benched raw and equipped in the same meet at one point like i remember oh, wow. we did and uh before i came to west side the one meet i did i tied or broke the all-time world record in a raw squat so it was 551. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months later, some Russian dude squatted like 595. And I told Lou, mm -hmm. I'm like, Lou, Lou, like, I don't, I don't want that. He's like, what's up? And I'm like, I think I should go squat raw. He's like, okay. And mm -hmm. so I squatted 635 raw, but in the same meet, I did a bench only as well. So I benched 315, but then halfway through the bench competition, they're like, yeah, you can throw on a shirt. And <laughs> bench so i benched 505 for the world record at 132 um but like it, it's so hard to kind of explain that unless you're in that environment of benching with the shirt and bent and squatting with briefs to really be like hey the, the the best comparison is if you put on jeans and go squat without in, instead of just squatting in you know athletic shorts that's probably the closest comparison you can kind of feel but that's like on a minute scale, like right? Yeah, on ten pairs of jeans and then going to try <laughs> squat. Like that's what it kind of feels like squatting. <laughs> um, now, when you started squatting raw, did you do more free squats and less box squats, or did you keep the box squat the same? And did you maybe bring your like? Is your stance closer raw, or is your stance the same? My my stance is a little closer raw, um, mm. and a few box squats still. Uh, I would never free squat mm -hmm. unless, you know, we were going to take a free squat. I would never free squat. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would wave it the same. I would still do three-week waves. But on that third week, I would actually put on, like, a pair of jeans. Or Lou would say put on a Carhartt uh, like cargo shorts just mm -hmm. to add compression, um, just to keep my hips and everything kind of, like, stable and more safe in a way. I never so, heard of that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so he would he would like if you didn't have briefs, he would give you a pair of Carhartt like uh, cargo shorts, and mm -hmm. that would give you some compression. Same with like, if you had like skinny jeans, not skinny jeans, but like jeans where they are a little stretchy. And, like you don't want to fucking rip your ass through. <laughs> like, like if you put your feet out wide enough, you'll feel some compression on your hips, and it'll right. help you with the squat. So the training for a raw squat really didn't change except you know just safety of watching hey 
maybe you should put on some jeans, maybe you should, you know, bring your stance in a little bit. Um, now, did you do raw with wraps or did you just do bare knee? Raw with wraps? Yeah, I did raw with wraps, so. And then how is that? Like, I haven't even used wraps before, so, like, I don't even know, like. <laughs> it depends on who you get to wrap your knees. That's the That's biggest thing. That's yeah. Um, there's some people that are very, very good at wrapping your knees, and there's some people who are, they know what they're doing, but they've only seen other people do it. So, like, they're mm -hmm. like, all right, let's wrap your knee. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they'll wrap one, and one will fall off, or, like, this one's way too tight. <laughs> to wrap one. Or there'll be... Or there'll be people who, like, you'll be on deck, and it's all timing. Like, I've had <laughs> people wrap my knees so tight that, like, my calf down to my foot, I can't feel it. It's so <laughs> tight, and it, like, turns <laughs> purple. And, you, and you're like, yeah, we fucked that timing up because, like, you're, you, it's, it's a countdown from once that wrap gets on. You're, <laughs> you're, you're cutting the blood <laughs> out of your calf. So it's like, all right. Is the timing well? It just sucks. Like again, it's one of those mm -hmm. briefs and squats. Unless you've tried it, there's really no comparison to it um, because those motherfuckers so tight, they'll wrap your fucking leg. And uh, again, being the smallest one in there, you got 300, 400 pound dudes wrapping you. Their pain tolerance is probably going to be a little bit higher. Right. And <laughs> fucking, they'll grab my whole leg like it's a beef, like like ham leg. And just start rapping it, and you're like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so, um, now the deadlift. What, what I've understood is you, you don't get nearly as much. So, what was your raw versus gear deadlift? Um, so my deadlift sucks ass. I'm not gonna lie about that. Um, you said because the I, hands, right? Yeah, my grip was my limiting factor. I mm -hmm. tried the whole time when I was there to improve my grip. We worked on squeezing. We worked on like squeezing things like water bottles or five-hour energy things just to work your fingers, pull-ups, all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But my, I think my best gear deadlift was 315, and my best raw deadlift was 315. Like, mm -hmm. it really had no carryover. With you, like, flip. maxed it out. It was like, that's that's what I got. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when, I, when I used straps, I could easily pull over four plates. But, oh, wow. again, it, it's like that. I don't know what it is tried to work on it but yeah and then let's say for um like in training what were the accessories that you lived on for yourself so the accessories i lived on were you know reverse hyper without a doubt <laughs> i remember when i asked you i can't remember what i asked you it was like yeah so do you only do them like on lower body Days or some shit you like? Not every day. <laughs> every day, dude. That 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 goes hand in hand with abs. You have to do this every day. But um, I do reverse hyper. I do the MR nineteen a lot when I was there. Okay. Um, especially when you hit the bands. I did a lot for my upper back. I did a lot of power cleans. So instead of doing five by five deadlifts for me. Mm. You know, you throw on a band and then a plate and then a quarter. You know, that's that's literally seventy percent of where I'm at. Like mm -hmm. seventy-five, eighty percent of where I'm pulling. So Lou would have me do uh, power cleans without hitting my hips to it. So it would just be like muscling it up. I would do those. Oh wow. GHDs, 
you know, inverse curls, you know, everything that was in that gym, I used it and I had to make modifications to use it. Um, and they all have time and a place for lower body day. But what about the hip quad? Would you use any of that? For me, the hip quad didn't really work. Okay. Just where, you know, I know it works for everybody else, but for me, it, 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 the equipment, the hip quad developer itself didn't work for me just based on the mechanics of it and how high the pads sat. Right, right. I tried to put put things underneath my feet in order to do that. My Mm -hmm. feet flipped out and I ate shit. So I, <laughs> I was scared when I got on that shit too. I was like, fuck. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was basically um that red rack that was in the corner. I set the pin low enough right below my knee. Okay. And I had someone stand on my feet and I would just hold a plate and just do them like that. Um so that's what I did to work around that problem. Um would you do a variation of the hip ab developer i'm thinking because it's fuck it's the same thing it may be too tall like would louis say just do captain just do leg raises anyway like a regular like hanging knee raises or whatever for the the hip ab developer yeah i would would still use it i would just want to be able to get like i would have to point my toes into it like my toe my feet want to be flat and i want to get all the way up to a 90 like that Mm -hmm. um but that would be something i used a lot as well you know that bitch is hard yeah, and and that one, that one. Yeah. That, that one I would use, like, it depends. <laughs> My accessories change a lot, like, not going to lie. Like, it depends mm-hmm. on who I'm training with. Like, Sinead really loved a, a, a core few, you know, set of accessories. I loved a core few set of accessories, Ethan, same way. And then even when I trained with Kylie for a minute, like, just out of fun like she had her own thing and i kind of would pick and choose what i enjoyed out of those and them to me because i know what my weaknesses were and i realized what i could do like like, oh i didn't think about using that and pick them in in that so would he have you do any jumping yeah um box squat like you sit on the box rock back then go up the seated box yeah okay yeah other than that, for me, no, not really. I was just. You know why he never got the soft plyo boxes? Because I can see how people eat shit on the fucking the hard metal boxes. Yeah, why did he never buy the soft ones? I I I don't I don't know. Like I know we had big foam like mats where you could jump. I on remember. Yeah, really wanted to, um, but you know, Lou being Lou, I think he was just you know this works. What, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like that. It fucking works. It'd be all right. Like suck it up. Like I remember, we had that. I forget what the hell size it was. I think it was like fifty six or some some inches. One day when I was in there, and I was helping out, and you know those thick horse stall mats. He would just ply yeah. like putting them up on top, and they would hang over. So like if you landed out here, that's not actually technically the box. Like the box yeah. is in here. <laughs> So he was like, yeah, trying to hold that in case someone said fall. I'm like, okay, cool. But, but it worked. Like, if, if it didn't work, he would get rid of it. But everything in there worked and had its purpose. How much would you and some of the other paralogies use the static dynamic? Oh, I, so for me, I used it a lot. Um, 
he would push me to use it. Uh, and this is the cool thing about Lou is he would tell people to go do, do something. And then he would tell people to, Hey, go do that because people are watching me do that. It's almost yeah. like you watch a kid put his hand on the stove. The other kids that are watching him are going to be like, Oh shit, probably shouldn't do that. Cause someone's yeah. just got burned. But if, if it's beneficial and they're like, Oh, so-and-so used a static dynamic and it helped him with their sticking point. Okay. Right. Maybe it'll help me with my sticking point. And for me, I used it in the deadlift. I used it in the squat. Um, I know we would hold it. And this is when like, I was helping Kylie and like with Lou, Lou, me and Kylie would go out during lunch and fucking help each other. But uh, I would hold the butt for two seconds and then go up. Mm-hmm. Like, hold it and then go up. Um, bench, same thing. Me and Ethan figure it out. Hold two or three seconds for it and then let go and then go up. Same with deadlift. But the deadlift for me sucked because the bar only went so low. Like, right, I yeah. I had to add up mats for it. Um, How many reps would you do? like would you do like two to three reps for two to three seconds yeah so i think i think we based it um don't quote me on this i think we did at least five reps in each set yeah okay for how many sets i want to say five again okay and this would be would you do this to prime the movement or would you do it as like your first accessory like after you did that movement regularly first accessory so like okay. like how I talked about uh, the power cleans, instead of doing deadlifts sometimes, I'll just do those and do five okay. after our squats. So mm-hmm. that's hmm. Now, when you did the static dynamic, would it be on max effort day or would you do it on dynamic day? You could do both. So on the max effort day, you can load that sucker up and then, mm-hmm. you know, pull whatever your max is, have it stop halfway and then go and then try to muscle through that or you could do it with the dynamic day it all depends on you know what lou says hey maybe you should go try this or like hey like and that's the thing with lou is he'll tell stories about people and their weak points and if you listen to the story you're like oh shit i realized he's talking about me because i had the same problem but doesn't want to say my name (laughs) oh okay yeah i so-and-so tried this and it really worked for him. I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should try that. And it, of course, <laughs> that's what it was. Uh, all right, tell me you're the hardest workout Lou ever made you do. That's gonna be a tough one. I <sighs> here's the thing, like they're all tough workouts. <laughs> I never like I never let him like see that they were tough. Yeah. Because for me and him, we had the, I don't know, like I, me and Lou were very close for a minute before he passed away. And we would do really petty shit to one another just to get (laughs) under each other's nerve. (laughs) And like, I knew if I let him see that, oh, I fucking hate this movement. I was doing this wrong. I did that. Like he'd be like, he would come back the next day and talk so much shit. (laughs) <laughs> but I would, I would have to say we we do these inclines. It's a standing incline. And you have to, it's almost a close grip. And you're coming down to your neck and then you got to press up. Well, mm. I asked Lou, I was like, Lou, what's your, what's your best on this? And he said, I think it was like 375 or something. 
and in my head, I'm like, oh shit. I was like, well, how, how much did you weigh? And he, he was telling me, I think it was like 220 or two something. And I was I was getting there around like 225. And in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking got this. I'm, I'm going to beat him. Like I'm 100 pounds lighter than whatever the fuck he got. And as soon as I put on like a 50, everything, he's like, I fucking remember the day. I put on a 50 and like, it felt so fucking heavy that I got it back up, like shaking and everything. He goes, oh man, that was a dumb jump, wasn't it? And I'm like, fuck. It was <laughs> but it wasn't like, nothing was, like, it was hard, but the hardest part was, you know, trash talking back and forth to one another yeah. and not letting your training partner see that, oh, I'm going to give up on this. It's like, no, dude, I'm going to take it as far as I can go until without hurting myself. <laughs> and then, you know, see if I could go a little bit further just to prove and just stick at the lube. But like, look, I did that too, motherfucker. <laughs> what are, now, I know you got one. What was probably the worst amount of sets and reps on the reverse hyper? He said, I hated that fucking thing. Like, there was some time he told me he's like, I had to load it up. I don't remember the set. Like, I would do 100. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would always break it down. Because for some reason, just the way it worked for me, like I hated it because it just digged into my fucking core. Yeah, yeah. I was working on it, but I would always break it down to 100 reps. And I think I had around 400 pounds mm-hmm. on there. And I was getting tired. And he saw me, he was talking to somebody, and all I can hear is, Jamie, stop swinging it. I'm like, I'm not fucking swinging it. They're like, all we're doing is arguing <laughs> back and forth. And I'm, like, I'm not fucking swinging it. He's like, you're swinging it. So he's like, look. And he comes over and does it. I'm like, God damn, this fucking 74-year-old man's like, <laughs> fucking reverse hyper. But, you know, it's one of those things, our accessories, we'd break it down. My reverse hypers, I would always do at least 100 in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was 50 during the workout and maybe 50 when I came back, that would be about 100. Um, other things like the... Uh, I look like an idiot doing them, but like you the put a hamstring cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would do third hundred, um, but for sets and reps, you know, it would always be around eight to ten reps for like smaller exercise, and then the sets wise, you always said when you think you're done, do two more sets, right? So, and that would either be you know five, seven, sometimes eight sets, because I just would enjoy the exercise and. Fall in love with it, and then I'm like, "All right, I think I'm done." He's like, "No, do two." Like, okay. <laughs> when you were uh, being an ATP, would you do a lot more wide stance marching, or would it be a lot more close stance? I would do close stance when, like, I didn't have pads underneath my feet, and then when I okay. built it up, I do wide pants, and then he, we would always march. And well, we wouldn't always, but as soon as we brought back foam into the gym, we enjoyed mm-hmm. marching from foam as well mm-hmm. as on phone and stuff like that. But uh, the marching wide stance on phone is a fucking killer. Like, mm-hmm. you, you'll do a minute and you'll think that you've been in there for like a half hour. It's awesome. How much weight would you do? Like body weight? Or stature? Uh, I believe I did, with the sled, maybe two plates. I want to say a purple band for like a minute. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about, um, like you said, you mentioned band and hamstring curls. How many times a week would you do variations of that? And same thing with like band tears and pushdowns. I would always do the banded pushdowns 
uh, speed work or max effort work just so, you know, soft tissue, all that kind of stuff is good for that. And then I believe I only did the banded hamstring curls on Fridays because Mondays I was usually wrecked. Right. So I just really didn't want to do those. Probably should have done them, but I never did. On Mondays, I would always do them on Fridays. Did were you um on Max Every Day? Where was, if at all, uh good mornings on rotation? Good mornings are usually right hand in hand with reverse hypers. Okay. Um, you could do seated good mornings, you could do standing good mornings, you could do wide stance good mornings, you could do good mornings in the ATP. Um, I mean, I mean more so from a max effort standpoint. Like, was he still doing that at all? I know some people mm -hmm. tell me, like, kind of, yeah, like, how often would that happen? For me, I didn't do them often. Mm -hmm. I don't know why yeah, for max effort good mornings, but uh, I know Burley Hawk used to do them a lot, and he was doing with astronomical amounts of weight, like 800 pounds. <laughs> I was there the day that he, like, him and Lou were going back and forth. And they had an argument about something. And Burley's doing a good morning. And he's, it's lifted like 800 pounds. And he's talking on the way down. To <laughs> and he's coming back up, still talking shit with like 800 pounds. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? But for me, the mornings were more or less an accessory. Um, after my squats, I would do them sometimes for a max. I think I worked up to like four plates for a max one time. Um, but I really never really used them for a max i used them more of an accessory where was um if at all like on accessory did you guys do any tempo work any slow eccentrics or pauses and stuff like that no, no. um for me i didn't do any pauses or slowing anything down because you don't ever want to slow down a movement like that's how he always told me it was like you don't want to slow that shit down like, especially for speed squats, faster down, faster up. Um, but it, uh, it is what it is. Now, for um, upper body, what was your, like, go-to accessories for that? Ooh, so this is where I think Lou kind of, like, not, I think he had a great appreciation for the fact that I told him what I did before I even came to Westside. I was like, hey, look, like I understand I'm not built like everyone else, but my body dimensions are kind of like Kenny Patterson's, but shrunk mm -hmm. down. Like, mm -hmm. I understand my arms are a little bigger and I can do that. So I watched Kenny Patterson and I read up on Kenny Patterson and Lou wrote about him and what he would use to do. So my favorite accessories were I would go into, I believe it was a hamstring machine, and it's the standing one you could press this way. But if you turned yeah. around, and this is what helped me learn the bench shirt more, was if you put your elbows on the back of it and pull and park hmm. your catch while you're doing it, it's almost like you're pulling the bar into yourself. He always told me that Kenny would always do rollbacks. So I worked my way up. I believe I could do 100-pound rollbacks um, oh, wow. at point in time laying on the ground. So, like, you're rolling back. And then you come up, like, granted, like the 100 pounds are like right here. So just snap it at the top. Mm -hmm. But I always do rollbacks, always do JM presses. And you always talk, talked about 
J.M. Blakely about how he did like 5.15 for three on a J.M. press one time <laughs> when he handed it out. And he was like, yeah, I thought that guy was going to die. And he started thinking, I'm like, <laughs> So I always did the J.M.s, always did rollbacks, um, high tricep work, um, pin presses. He always had me do pin presses either with a crap ton of band or just like depending on where my sticking point was, pin presses. Um, those would always be in the rotation. So, like now going forward, like what do you have coming up? Like, when's your next uh, powerlifting meet, and when's your next fight, or at least your estimated next fight? So, powerlifting is sort of like touchy subject. Uh, subject is more or less. I don't want to compete in powerlifting anymore. Like, oh wow, okay. It's it's one of those things like. I respect Lee so much that it takes a lot of trust and time and you got to build that connection with somebody who understands your training, who understands the risk you're putting your body in. And I, and I'm like a pit bull, like you can tell me no all you want, but I'm still going to keep going until I hurt myself or something really, really bad. <laughs> and, I could see myself doing that. And Lou is that one who like literally had the leash on me and was like, hey, maybe you should cut it back. Like, don't do that. Like, you're gonna hurt yourself if you do that. And again, with calling depth, like when you're you're squatting 760 pounds at my size with you know the body dimensions that I have, you could be doing some shit that you won't come back from and right. fuck you up. So I was at the top of the top, training at Westside, lifting at Westside, and I will, won't ever have another coach. Like, Luz, Luz has been and will be my only coach for powerlifting. Um, yeah. it's, it's a trust thing. Um, I admire a lot of the other strength coaches out there, and I'll take bits and pieces and play around with the training and do all that kind of good stuff. Um, but I don't think I'm going to powerlift in the near future. Maybe ever again. I don't know. Like I have a goal of benching 400 pounds raw this year, and I have mm -hmm. some help from a couple of buddies of mine, Tony Ramos, uh, ex outsider as well. Um, he's helping with that. But I don't think I can compete competitively again because, like, if that raspy, like, high pitch voice isn't in my ear, mm -hmm. it's not going to feel the same. Um, <clears throat> for boxing, according to them, I have a boxing match March 3rd. Of Charleston, West Virginia. But again, they, they haven't been able to find me an opponent. I don't know why. Maybe like the people don't want to come fight me or whatever you, but like mm -hmm. I'm just enjoying life where it is right now. So and then what so you said you're you're doing what sheet metal or something? What what are you doing? Sheet metal work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh working construction. I do sheet metal work, so it's like HVAC on a hundred times scale. So all those Amazon data centers, they need air conditioning and cooling to cool all these computers. Um, right. And I'm doing that. So I'm in the ductwork and it's literally mm -hmm. by almost four feet tall ductwork. And I'm just running around screwing shit together. I'm, just, <laughs> like, I'm ripping shit. Like it's fun. Like I really enjoy it. And it's, it's great work, um, especially with the industry coming around and all these big data centers and intel coming in here to columbus soon um it, it's it's something where i can see myself growing 
and learning and loving to do it as occupation. Just almost like the same love for powerlifting. Right. And then so last thing, what what are your goals for the future for lifting and for boxing? I mean, more so I'm guessing boxing and, and your work, but what do you want to keep doing with you know social media and online and all that type of stuff? So I think like social media wise, I just want to keep, you know, putting your like if I can help anyone that is out there, I'm more than happy to help them. Um, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, I actually ran into somebody the other day and they're like, hey man, I saw you on Instagram. And I'm like, oh man, what's it like? I, for some reason, I was like, hey, did I not get back to you or something? And I feel bad. Yeah. Anybody, and Lou did the same thing. Anybody who asks a question always should get a response. Like if, you know, help each other out. And like, like, oh, I'm going to hold my back and not tell you. It's like, yeah. no his secrets is because he knew that heavy weren't gonna fucking do them. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they're like, yeah, go do two do two twenty-five on JMs. They're like, what? He's like, yeah, that's what that little guy did. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And they probably didn't fucking do it. But like <laughs> lifting, I want to help people. Um I I love lifting. I'm still gonna lift, I'm still gonna post my lifting content. But I don't know what I'll do with it. Boxing, boxing the same way. You know, I enjoy boxing. I enjoy fighting. I, like just being on a competitive environment against someone who looks like myself. You know, same height, same everything. You can look that person in the eyes. It's an awesome feeling. Um, I know we are working on a actual fight league for just dwarfs. So like, oh, uh, just dwarfs in general. It's going to be called the DFL Dwarf Fight League. And so me and Travis have been talking about that idea and trying to get that out there. Um, I know it's, it's, it's kind of getting a big traction over in China. I think it's China. Let me take it back. I don't know if it's China, <laughs> but the commentary was not in English. Let's put it that way. Like, like, <laughs> like, I don't want to be rude, but it wasn't in English. So, uh, it's, it's already growing some traction over in the Middle East and over in the UK. Uh, it's okay. just a matter of time by the time it comes over here. And I'm excited for that opportunity when it arises. And hopefully I can dabble in that a little more competitively. Um, but all in all, I'm just living and loving life. Like take it day by day. You know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I think that's the biggest thing the past year I've learned is, you know, take, take, today for what it is make today the best day you can make it you know control what you can control and just be a good person well before i let you go just tell everybody where they can find you get hold of you and all that good stuff so you can find me on instagram at jsmith underscore fitness um you also can find me on tiktok it's a little small tiktok right now same thing jsmith underscore fitness um but yeah, it's literally about it. I just post, I'm, I'm not too into the social media. I tried yeah. a YouTube thing for a minute, didn't work out. Uh, tried a podcast thing, kind of like there and there, but those are my two spots to find. All right, man, well, it was a pleasure having you on. I'm glad we finally got to do this. <laughs> I know, man. Hopefully one day I'll get down to Georgia. Well, I'm going to have my um my next summer is going to be in June at a... Uh, Mark Depp's okay. place. I don't know if you ever got to meet Mark. He he's the strength coach at Donovan Cap in New Jersey. 
But I okay. think it had been a it may, he, the last time he had been to West Side, he would go like every year for like 20 something years. But I think since COVID, he had not gone. And then he was like, I'm going to bring you because him and Louie were supposedly like really, really close. Like he's yeah. he's even bald and kind of short, muscular, just like Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He lives in like you know, Tom's River. He lives in yeah, like yeah, Tom's River, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I'm going to have my seminar again at his place in June. So I would love for you to come by, you know, hey, I know meet uh, up there. Because Tom's River in my hometown is like literally an hour and a half away. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely hopefully show yeah. up. Just send me the date. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll send you the date. And then I'm going to start probably promoting it this, like literally it's February about to start right now. So I guess this week um, and start rolling out the coaches that I'm trying to, uh, that we're going to have speak and stuff. But it was a good time. We had it like the last two times it was in Georgia and this right. last one was in Jersey and it was awesome. And I mean, he even had his freaking kids that like Tyler awesome. looked on his team were there and stuff. So like, yeah. So that's pretty cool for sure. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Bet. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the football. Thanks, and uh, I'll speak to you soon, brother. Sweet. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Anyway. Peace. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. Hope y'all enjoyed. Sorry, it's been a while since I did a podcast. I think it's been like two or three weeks. I've just been really uh, busy at work and just trying to um, balance the chemo and all the other stuff I do. You know, uh, as it goes along, it gets it gives you more fatigue. So I'm just a little bit more beat up. Like I had one yesterday. Today was terrible. So I'm gonna try to still bang these out. You know, gotta keep the gotta keep the conjugate uh, conjugate info out there keep it coming so if you guys enjoy leave it leave me a thumbs up uh share it uh, leave a review um and then if you have any questions you can dm me on instagram that's k-a-l-i-l underscore s-h-e-r-o-d if you know coach or you are a coach i'd like to be on a podcast same thing just dm me and uh look keep looking out for the chef that's coming to coming soon we're gonna i'm gonna be putting my next uh, uh seminar is going to be at uh, Donovan Catholic at Depp's gym again. So that is, that's going to be on June 17th and 18th. So we're going to have some heavy hitters at this one. So I hope you guys enjoying everything else. And uh, stay clean. Peace.